I love your Instagram, by the way. All, all the stories that you post are like perfectly 2021 culture in a in a way that I can't explain or define. Um, but it's also a world that I'm not in or immersed in. For sure. But I also like kind of understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, what, I think, what is that? <laughs> I think mainly it's just like the internet and like, yeah, it's on one hand, it is like for sure black culture, but I think like the origin of how I even have access to all of those things is just internet access. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think how certain people choose to, spend their time with the references that they grab from the internet. You know, those things can definitely be sourced culturally, I think, for sure. And I think that it just takes time of, like, being in it for a while, yeah. seeing, like, what the layout is socially. It's really, like, with anything. It's like entering a party. Like, yeah, you might come with your friends, but you'll meet some people and mm -hmm. you'll figure out who's cool. Um, but, yeah, like, I think that I, I feel like the digging part of, like finding things like that, finding art pieces or finding just something that resonates or finding something funny or yeah. whatever it is. I think that that's just is like, it's, it's kind of just like an archival instinct. It's kind of yeah. just like, okay, this is something that I can treasure and share with other people and hopefully they'll relate to it or, uh, you know, or sometimes it's like, sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just me like getting shit off my chest, yeah, yeah. but like, you know, well, it varies for sure. But it's it's a language. Yeah. In a way a that like if you're not immersed even in that like that slight corner of the internet, it's like, damn, there's some crazy shit going on here that I don't understand. And it's like and I feel like we we've had that in many different ways and many different phases of the internet, but like there are just like corners of the internet that are so clearly distinct that are just a part of culture. But at the same time, I don't know if that's like specific to every individual because the algorithm is so specific to every individual. Well, it is, but it's also like it's specific to every individual, but it's meant to like create a system of funneling people into certain uh content and consumer yeah, yeah. channels so like as much as it's personalized to us it's also like to guide us toward a specific business and to help a business you know meet its natural goals um of showing us as many ads as possible yes as many ads as possible <laughs> and you don't scare yourself and count the ads that you see just like on your regular feed now because it's actually ridiculous. It's it's really bad. It might as well be every other post. Pretty much. It's it's close. <laughs> it's very close to that now. Um, man, I forgot where I was about to go with that. Um, oh, I was just okay. So while you were saying that, I was thinking of just like how um, sort of in creative industries, we're seeing now a lot a lot bigger rise of people who sort of started on social media. Mm -hmm. And and I know we often look to like YouTubers who do stuff, but like I think we should consider like even like the Twitter and IG folks, like mm -hmm. people like uh, Zach Fox getting to, you know, not only like start somewhat of a music career, but like get, getting to write television. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people like um, uh, th this movie Zola that just came out that's based on like a whole like Twitter story. Like that movie's really great. A24 knocked it out the park again. They uh, always do. Always do. I'm I'm never I'm never surprised, but I'm always happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, j there's just a lot of examples of stuff like that. Jesus and Mero with their late night stuff, like people just elevating through having the ability to like. Uh, understand that language that you're talking about yeah. through social media, understand what, what's going to connect with people and what's real and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when not to shy away from certain things or, or when to pull back from certain things, there's a balance with everything. And I think, um, you know, the, the key, the thing I'm trying to do anyway is figure out how to like utilize that to yeah, yeah. to help me survive. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's a weird thing too, because while in some ways it, yeah, it has the capability to make a career for anyone and you don't even really need like a million followers to actually 
reach that, it it's also like honing in and zeroing in on the very things that like are extremely toxic about social media and being beholden to the things that, or like the mobs that kind of make us worse people. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? I think, and I I keep relating it back to myself. Hopefully I don't come off as just like very self-centered, but like in relation to like my interaction with the internet, like I really don't care like deeply on a level like that about like any sort of like back and forth with any person on the internet or just like, I I just don't care. I operate my social media. Like I'm not sitting there like watching the ratio. Like I'm sure I follow way more people than who follow me and that'll be like that until it's not, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not like worried about that type of situation. And I think what stops people from being able to capitalize off of it, I think is being too worried about it. Or if they are worried, not knowing, not having like the ability to like flip that. Yeah. Cause some people can flip that and turn that into, okay, now we're having a conversation and this is going to get, you know, more interactive, more engagement. And this is going to help everybody really at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, even if it's like some riffraff, but like, I don't know. I think, that's a unique skill set. I don't know who can tap into that. I haven't figured it out. Yeah, well, it's it's also weird because it's it's both because you're kind of treating it like, yeah, I don't really care. It's not real. Yeah. And so there's no need for me to get wound up or like have a back and forth or argue with people on the internet because it's not real. But on the opposite side of that, because it's not real, I feel like it's one of the best places to fantasize. It's yeah. one of the best places to like explore um, what you uh, explore the things that you imagine, get more in touch with your creativity and imagination. Um, oddly enough, through finding things, which you would think isn't necessarily creative because it's something that was there, but you know, discovery, I feel like is the spark to the, you know, um, your own personal innovation. Yeah. Well, it's, that actually kind of really connects to DJing itself because, the the craft of DJing isn't actually necessarily making something yourself. Yeah. It is actually taking things that other people have already made yeah. and putting it together in a way that flows together, which is just a separate, like a meta layer of musical creation, yeah. which is like, oh, I found this thing and this thing and they go together. Even though you didn't make the thing, there's a level of creativity that it takes to like take these two separate things that you wouldn't have expected go together. And once you do, it's like, whoa, peanut butter and jelly, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's crazy. The things that like come of that too, Mm -hmm. like, and how those can have their own sort of offshoots of things. I feel like I was really thinking about this. It's so weird that you said that because I was thinking about this, like in the context of like, The universe. I know this is, we always get into like deep stuff. Yeah, that's the point. And this is like (laughs) such a random thought I had, but it was just like, uh, like the universe is its its whole thing, right? And we talk about God as like a creator, one person who like designed all this shit and said, here it is. And it's like, if we're in the image of God and this is what we were given. It's like being a DJ. It's like being able to blend, blend different because we're all, we all have our own perspective. So it's like blending different realities to create more realities, to create more realities. Um, I don't know. That seems like kind of random and maybe I'm like losing my train of thought, but like, I don't know. Life is kind of very similar to blending music. (laughs) Right. Well, we are the universe experiencing itself. Yes. Uh, (laughs) 100%. Here's time with the weather, but like the, that's a, Bill, wow, I'm uh, Bill Hicks. There it is. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, everything that we do in a way is just a reflection of everything that already is. Yes. And sort of like, I don't know, I haven't actually done psychedelics, but I understand well enough, at least in, intellectually, that like fractals are something that are a recurring theme. And so it's like, everything contains everything within it and like yeah so like the image of god is like spongebob wearing a lot of bling or something you know (laughs) that is actually the messiah who's come back to save us is like (laughs) spongebob with like the rings and the hat and the mustache (laughs) and the green suit and and that's like again that's sort of like a 
a mimetic like DJing in a way of like you take this thing that people know and you take this other thing that people know and you put it together and you understand what it means even though you've never seen it before so like yeah the Spongebob thing with like a lot of bling and rings and stuff it's like I know exactly what that is even though that shouldn't exist exactly <laughs> no yeah it's the wildest thing but again that's a deep like hood reference yeah. like I've I've actually seen that shirt in person mm-hmm. so like that's one of those things where like you have to experience it to like fully get the reference, but the connection because of the internet, you actually do already have the pieces to formulate where that reference comes from. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful to watch it like connect like that. Um, But yeah, the internet's like the internet is a wild landscape. Right. And, and on the other side of like, to just completely contradict what I said before that like, yeah, the internet isn't real. Like you don't have to engage with anyone because like it's just on your phone and it doesn't take place in the real physical world at the same time it's also like hyper real it like the fact that something that probably started as a meme on the internet became a real physical shirt and like the shit that we're doing and like kind of like you said that there's like social media people who gather a lot of followers and interact with them and then like end up writing on like TV shows and making films and stuff are actually making a, a real physical impact on the real world. And it's more real than the real world. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it resonates on like a higher vibration because we can all touch it. We can all connect to it, even though it's not really like there, like you said, it's just behind the screen, but I can instantly you know, communicate very clearly a message to another person and they could communicate it very clearly back to me and I don't have to be anywhere near them. And that's pretty much magic. So, yeah, you know, and I mean, that's the that's the magic of like media in general and that comedians, for example, are able to tap into something that we notice or have experienced and you know can turn it up to a level like even just the the clip from like Chappelle show of like you know doing all the basketball moves with the bowling ball is like <laughs> that's just funny right but like and I mean that that is <laughs> getting the, on the skateboard and then going down the alley um which I mean Chappelle show like still holds up and yeah, the fact that it was always. made like over I mean, about 10 years ago is oh, longer than that. Chappelle show was like, like 15, 16 years ago. Probably I was mad young. I think when Chappelle, <laughs> go, when Chappelle show first came on here, I can't remember, but it was definitely like a 2000, like yeah. early 2000s wave. But yeah, that's like a legendary, 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 like piece of content. Uh, overall, it's like, I don't know. I like to look at it as one entire body of work. There's like specific episodes that are important. Like the, the one where um, Charlie Murphy goes into stories about hanging out with Prince and you know yeah. all the all all the all the classics the which is a real fucking story yeah like. real stuff <laughs> like real stuff happening but that's I stuff like that's beautiful because it's literally just like someone knowing another person has cool stories and being like hey this is my platform but we need to like. Mm-hmm. highlight that I, it's not about like my ego and I came up with something creative that's a funny ass story yeah. and I need to have that on the show and it happened like that and that's beautiful uh rest in peace to Charlie Murphy too I've been watching a lot of Black Jesus lately and Charlie Murphy's like really good in that <laughs> well okay so this kind of comes back to I guess the idea of like exploring what black culture means because specifically with the example of Chappelle show in that like even though only like black people would necessarily understand the stuff that happens in Chappelle show it is incredibly popular and everyone could understand it and it somehow presented itself in a way that was simultaneously true to black culture and also just really true in general and everyone could understand it for sure that's I think one of the magic I think magical Ch- things about it. For sure. I think Chappelle's perspective specific specifically, his perspective um sheds light on a lot of stuff that's like overall pretty generally relatable. But I think um even like with some of the more recent things, like his his stand ups that he was doing like out in Ohio during during the pandemic, like mm-hmm. 
um, and talking about even like the more serious things, he's always been someone who could like just deliver things in a way that was very palatable to most of America. Um, and I think that just kind of like is just emblematic of how he grew up and the type of person that he is. Um, I don't know, but I would say though, in general, like, yeah, Chappelle show like deals with like black situations for sure. I think that, um, we can all learn a lot from all of our situations. And I think that we should, you know, sort of pay attention to the core of what some of these, like, um, what some of these black shows are talking about and what they're, you know, showing because they're real and they come from a perspective of actual experience. So I think like, if we take the time to like understand that part of it, that even though it's like entertainment and it's like funny and we're, we're all like you sharing this experience, looking at where that perspective comes from and how someone gets that perspective, like is important too, because, you know, the future is important. The kids are important. The kids need to be shown, you know, no matter what their situation is, um, they can be given some type of control. That's just how I feel. Yeah. And that at least we're able to communicate with each other in a way that doesn't feel so assaulting or uh, tense yeah. that like, hey, this is someone's actual experience. And it like, yeah, on the surface, it's funny, but also it's like people are actually dealing with this shit. Yeah, for sure. And this is something that we have to face. And so it's like, yeah, it's funny, but also, yeah, we should quit that shit. <laughs> I think, you know, like the it's important to continue to push into the serious and the tense uh, subject matter because that's where, you know, that's where the struggle for the human soul is. It's just like within those little interactions, um, just like trying to have common ground with another uh, piece of the universe that is experiencing itself. Yeah. And it's uh, quite a strange phenomenon. And I feel like, it, I mean, at least humor and comedy itself is very well suited for that because... I feel like, I mean, one, I just can't stand Twitter anymore. Like I'll scroll I through. I do not have the Twitter app yeah. on my phone right now. Yeah, and it's I'm, just, yeah. it's just rage and fury at all times. And I just can't do that at all times. And that's the thing is like, if you're doing that all the time, then people are going to lose steam. Uh, but like with humor and even like what we were talking about with just like memes and the way that the culture sort of expands in that way is a way of tackling these things that we are experiencing every day or other people are experiencing every day. And we're able to empathize with that in a way that doesn't burn us out. For sure. And so like, yeah, still seeing these things and making it enjoyable and entertaining, but also still being able to say some sort of commentary about like, hey, you know, it's funny, but like, can white people please stop being the worst? <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. But even like, even beyond just like specifically societal topics and just like racism and stuff like that, everything is coming from, when I say everything's coming from a perspective, like the things we can learn are even things like um, about ourselves that are more internal to, I th here's what I really think. The core of all of the bigger stuff is internal within us individually. And you can pull those internal individual lessons from a lot of different things. And it doesn't have to necessarily be directly saying what you think it is saying. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of different ways to get at stuff. And I think, um, you know, just like with the topic of like mental health, there's so many, there's so many different things out there that are, you know, designed to show advocacy for that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like some of the more relatable stuff is just like stuff that's, like funny 
Yeah. Some some stuff that's just really funny shows me like, okay, like even though not that I'm personally feeling miserable, but let's say if I was in a moment of feeling miserable, mm-hmm. even though like I'm seeing a character who is also like abjectly just like in a bad spot, like, you know, I, I'm laughing when I say that because you can see that and remove yourself from feeling negative. Yeah. And then I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking of a really specific skit on um I think you should leave season two on Netflix. They're not paying me and they should pay me because I'm a huge fan and I would sponsor stuff for them whenever. But like, uh, I think you should leave season two. There's this episode, uh, there's, I think it might be in the first episode, but there's this skit where, um, Tim Robinson plays just, (laughs) the guy's name was hilarious, but I can't remember it right now. Um, just like this television host who's like doing pranks. One of those, like, it's just like a parody of like public prank shows or whatever. And so he's like in this trailer and they put like this like really heavy, like prosthetic, like face on him to make him look like this gross, like old man and all this, like, and this weird bodysuit and like clothes and gloves. And he just looks like a totally weird fake, like half dead person. And he just walks in the middle of the mall and they have like a little cheesy music going. And then a guy puts his headset on. I'm just like spoiling the whole skit. So let me like not cut, do all that. Cause you guys should watch it. But there's just this part in it where he's just like, I don't think I want to be around anymore. <laughs> and, and the guy in the headset goes back to him. He's like, you mean like you don't want to live? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and he's like, okay, we can cut it. We can cut it. But like, it's stuff like that is just like, I don't know. When you take a moment to just like stop taking everything really seriously and get to what is actually serious. Cause that's how I look at things. I look at the material processes we go through as what is the fake shit. People say that's like the real world owning up to your real world responsibilities. I feel like, your real world responsibility is to find peace on earth and to love yourself if you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just my whole rambly perspective of like comedy and uh, relatability when it comes to like understanding our own uh, mental health uh, structure standpoint. I'm trying to put words yeah. together, y'all. <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's fine. The Yeah, like sometimes a meme is way more understandable or way more relatable or like gets me or gets everyone far better than someone writing an essay about like how shitty I'm not going to read the essay. Yeah. That's right. That's the messed up part is like they have our brains because they can get to us quickly. Yeah. And that's a good thing, but that's also a bad thing. So definitely be mindful of what you are consuming. Uh, But at the same time, uh, the the speedy delivery allows us to understand that it doesn't um, even from the context of like producing content, mm-hmm. we think it takes a whole lot of stuff to be efficient in accomplishing whatever goal. But if we remove like our own ego from it and wanting to just have the most big shiny gold thing, there's very there's very structured principles in how you can create a reaction. I feel like. Yeah. And um, they're just like through patterns over yeah. time. Yeah, the- we're we're speaking a meta language now. Yeah, and there there was a point actually. It, I don't remember what year it was. Maybe it was like 2016, 2017. I don't remember. But I was like so immersed in memes, and that was that was a good time for memes. That was before like everyone got too depressed, or like just the world got too depressed to like make good memes. But it was like it was still some good funny stuff. Uh, I had actually reserved and like done or like prepared a presentation and a panel at an anime convention. This is the extreme level of nerd that this got to about meme philosophy, gotcha. and that <laughs> like the the things that we were doing with memes and kind of still are, but maybe not to the same extent is a form of like meta communication in that we are 
accelerating the dialectic process. This is getting like extremely academic, but like, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I get where you're going. Uh, in that, basically, art develops in a certain way where, like, someone makes a thing and then someone likes that thing and makes something similar to it, but changes it, right? And then there's other stuff that develops from that second one which is like oh i see that you took this thing and then took a change and then i'm going to take a change on that change and then that's basically how all kind of creation explodes into this tree of evolution and so the internet and memes were and still are doing this hyper accelerated form in that what used to take art movements like a hundred years to like fully flesh themselves out. Like, oh, this is what impressionism is. And we're going to like have this era of painters from this point to this point. And then like once this person made this thing, it was kind of considered a different era. Memes have that evolution in like a week. (laughs) Yeah, it's very... It it and it swells and it grows and it develops little offshoots and then it dies. Yeah. It's like so crazy. And it's like, but there's so many of those. And then there's like, oh, and then there's like a meme calendar. And then there's like, oh, this was this. You know, it's like so thorough, but it's very simple also. And it's uh it's very weird. But it's for sure like a whole other language. Like and and now I feel like it's gotten so simplified, like literally. A meme now is like a painting of like a f- house in the forest and then like bright glowing white letters that say, I think today I will drink water and like it'll have green trim around it yeah. and it'll be hilarious. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I don't know, just like shit like that is is how simple we've gotten it to. And it just makes me think like one day we're just going to like just like an orange circle someone's just going to look at an orange circle and be like, remember in 2023 when we all assigned a whole backstory to this one orange circle and now this is a meme? Yeah. And it's stupid that we've gotten to this point, but at the same time, it's like, where else could we have gone? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think part of it is like a reaction to like everyone being a little bit more uh, conscious of like our mental state and just being like, okay, maybe even as a joke, we should just have hyper positive like messaging and affirmations. Um, And maybe people just need that. Maybe we're even misunderstanding. Like maybe some people seriously need to see like, you know, today I am the master of my destiny. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the, the weird thing about that too is that, and this is something that actually kind of explains some certain movements as well, is that the irony is layered and then becomes self-fulfilling. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so it's like, I fucking can't see any point in the rest of existence because like we're all just on fire here on earth and Jeff Bezos is going up to space in his dick rocket. Yeah, and his penis rocket. <laughs> yeah, which, like, Austin Powers made a joke about that no, yeah. so long I was, ago. Well, I was, like, actually surprised at how much it looked like the Austin Powers yeah. penis rocket. I was <laughs> it like, didn't oh, have the shit. balls. Yeah, no balls, but it looked exactly like the shaft and the head of the Austin Powers penis rocket. Yeah. Sometimes, I feel like once Donald Trump was elected reality shifted into <laughs> like, real talk and I'm, <laughs> i've been watching a lot of i've watched loki and like we don't have to get into all of that if you guys haven't watched it which you might may or may not have but it deals with time travel and multiverses and all types of shit like that and bruh i've been thinking <laughs> we're we are in like a really crazy like variation of time yeah we're in a wild spin of time <laughs> but it's like reality is really badly written poorly like somebody wrote this show of like earth yeah circa 2016 to whenever the earth is gonna end which is probably soon Uh, (laughs) 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 but like they hired new writers and they don't know what the fuck they're doing because they're like leaning in a little too hard yeah i mean but 
the internet, it's like ex- it accelerates things. I really think a lot of this falls on the internet. And well, not even on the internet specifically. It's society because like I said previously, I don't trust people. But like it's the acceleration of things is going to create things. And then when those things are created, they can accelerate things. And it just, it, it's exponentially developing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not that we need to necessarily put a lid on it exponentially developing. We just need to figure out how to make it exponentially develop in a way that can sustain humanity. Yeah. So that it, so that it's, well, I mean, the thing is, is that everything is so profit driven that we can't possibly like keep it from doing that. And so it's like, I don't know of a way to just restructure the whole thing other than just like blowing the shit up. Uh, And I mean, like, yeah, there's like, you know, (laughs) center leaning quote unquote Democrats that are like, no, let's just reform the system from the inside. But like, no, it's like systematically designed to not do the thing that you wanted to do. And it was built upon these racist and sexist institutions that we can't actually reform it from the inside. So we may just have to burn it down. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's just not a a strong foundation to try to support this many human beings uh, in a country or to interact with this many people on a planet period. (laughs) Or, you know, it's just, it's not a good way to live your life. It's like a bad way to be a person. I don't know how to explain it other than that, but being greedy and selfish and uh, watching people die when you don't have to and killing people that aren't doing anything to you, all types of other shit, man. <laughs> it's it's a lot, and it's just not a way to be a good person. Yeah, I don't and, know how to like— And we're, we're trying our best here. Yeah. It's, so going back to a thought that I had that I should probably explain is that, like, something that— where the irony is layered and then self-fulfilling is that like basically the way that like Trumpism began in 4chan, for example, is like it was just like edgy teenagers being like, why can't I say the N-word? Yeah. You know, and it's, and to some extent, like, yeah, I was 12 once, but like the, the difference then became is that like, yeah, haha, I'm going to trigger the libs by like saying the N word or like saying that like Hitler did nothing wrong. And then like, haha, it's funny for a time. And then like, there's one or two people that are also laughing at it that are also like, yes, but not ironically. Yeah, exactly. And then those people start to like, push the whole group. Yeah. It's in- interesting though that <laughs> like that specifically triggered such a wave of like people because like I don't know, I I definitely remember being young and like controversial stuff being like it, when you're like like you're saying 12 or 13 like shit's just like kind of funny because yeah. you're 12 or 13, you're coming into like what you feel like is an adult perspective mm-hmm. and uh, so like dead dead baby jokes, yeah, stuff were, like, like that. All the rage, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I understand, you know, why a developing mind goes there. I just feel like we also, I don't know. There's just not a lot of positive, constructive ways for people to figure themselves out at a young age, and I think that because of that, they're drawn to like form these little cults with people who they think are similar to them, which is cool. Like everybody has friends. I don't want to make it seem like making friends is a bad thing, but like certain types of people click up because they don't have anything to like fuel, put certain energy into. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I and don't know. The internet exacerbated that. Yes. And so the, what it used to be is that like, Oh, like some, angsty teenager was like unlikable by people. And so they, you know, just grow up angrily and maybe torture a squirrel here and there. And then, you know, resent the rest of their life as they work at Walmart or something. Yeah. And, you know, but now 
the internet has like taken that like 12 year old mentality of like go to extreme edginess because we can. And so like that person instead becomes a school shooter. And so the, (laughs) and then the thing is, is that like, it's not just that like the person was capable of it is that there were people on the internet that like encouraged it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like maybe it's just my perspective, but I think, pretty much any person is capable of like murder. Yeah. Like you're a human being, you have survival instincts, you know how to make tools or you know how to use tools. Mm. We're animals. Yeah. I think people have that capacity. Um, but it's a nature versus nurture thing. We, we have the capacity to do a lot of other horrible things Mm -hmm. that we just don't do because even if, you know, you know, we had some roughed up things in our our life in general. I think for the most part, we understand general morality. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how to really put that. But like certain things, it just seems like we don't take care of the nurture part and then things happen. And, you know, and that's also not to, like, excuse, like, white nationalism or just, like, extreme violence or anything like that. You know, some people are, some people are bad people, question mark, yes, exclamation mark, yes, people are bad. But, like, it's, it's so many things go into it, man. I just, uh, I don't like thinking about things in the context of the future and the past at the same time. Right, right. So, okay, let me, um, so apologies, listeners, for saying this thing again, even though the podcast that I'm referring to is for you two weeks in the future. So (laughs) podcast I recorded yesterday, which will go up two weeks after this one goes up. So neat. Uh, (laughs) But I don't believe in free will. And yes, this is a topic that keeps coming up in the podcast and I keep explaining it. So I don't believe in free will and the right ingredients will create either Hitler or Mother Teresa. And the right ingredients will reform either into the other. I get what you're saying. Uh, and so things can happen and we are just the result of our genes and our experience and our, our environment. For sure. I, I will personally say that for the record, I do believe in free will. But I think like we agree in that you don't really have control over pretty much anything most if not everything Everything. yeah yeah Yeah. so so it i think though control and free will are different and i think um on the other episode i tried to explain this the way i see it but like it's just the ability to like perceive your situation and make decisions within what you perceive Mm -hmm. that's how i interpret free will i don't necessarily believe that we have control over all aspects of those things when we get them if any but when we get them, you know, I, I feel empowered by the things that I was blessed to have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can do things with them and make decisions with them that could uh, provide outcome, a desired outcome for me. I think that I have the ability to do that. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I definitely, I definitely feel you on the fact that like your circumstances are completely like out of your control from like a inception into the world type situation. And what you can do with that is very limited to how much the world will cooperate with you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have as much as, con- as much control of that as you would probably like. Yeah. So the, the thing that then happens is that like, we have set up our system in a way that for some reason, we don't want to actually like analyze the factors that go into creating a horrible person and instead just like you're a horrible person be punished and so (laughs) instead what we should do is be like what things in society led for like what were the ingredients that created this person and how can we prevent that in the future how can we structure our society in a way that we create as little amount of psychopaths and school shooters as possible. And the thing is, is that like we gave ourselves the power of the internet without sorting those things out first. And so now like, oh, how come school shootings are happening way more often than they used to? Well, it's a complicated mess, but like part of it is kind of the internet exacerbating that. And so 
<laughs> and the other part is that like what the Trump era has shown us is that like we're not living in the same reality. No. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's a good lesson for us to learn, though, is that none of us are really living in fully the same reality. Um, and in order to, like, be able to share space with people who aren't living in the same reality as you, um, I'm not even sure what that takes. Yeah. That's a very, like, that's a concept that people don't really prepare you for to, like, deal with as a human being. I, I don't think we were prepared for this yeah. because— well, one, like the powers that be that propped up the the machine that was Donald Trump, like understood that they could reshape reality in the in whatever way they saw fit. Yeah. And they're still doing it. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that like COVID and the Delta variant are on the rise now again is further proof that like we're not living in the same reality. A majority of the people, like a like high 90s percentage of people that are being hospitalized and dying from the Delta variant are unvaccinated people. And there's nothing stopping those unvaccinated people from having received the vaccine. It's just that they are living in a different reality from everyone else and are putting themselves in danger because of it. Yeah, and putting other people putting, in danger. Yeah, most importantly, putting other people in yeah, danger. That's the thing too is like I can live if like your decisions put you in a bad spot and like you are choosing to feel like you're justified in that. Cool, but fucking up other people's life situation because you're not wanting to be considerate or because because of whatever being in the way is not good. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, but it's. It's not just like, oh, they're being inconsiderate. It's that like their entire world is structured in That's this true too. form. That's true too. And that, it's sometimes like I try to sit back and like at least have some sort of empathy for that. Like that their entire reality is just adjusted to some other sort of like code. And it, um, it unfortunately may never become apparent to them that they're, that, that, Whatever the case is, I can't tell a person how their reality is. I don't experience their daily life. Yeah. I don't know what they go through. But what I'm saying is certain things that have the potential to impact other people should be uh, considered. Mm. And that's just, you know, yeah, my thought on that. I, f I feel like it is difficult to tell a person. It's difficult to tell a person anything about their own lived experience because you weren't there. But at the same time, like, get vaccinated, please, and get out of, like, public spaces if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. And uh, let's all be safe. <laughs> right. But, like, so, and here's the other thing is that, like, my not believing, not believing in free will uh, allows me this sort of, like, extreme form of empathy in that, like— mm. Uh, I feel that we're like you and I are the same person under dis different circumstances. Yes. And so something happened and something led for you to get there. That's not an excuse. It doesn't mean that like you're allowed to be a terrible person, yeah. but it just means that like, oh, there are a logical sequence of steps that got you to this point. Sure. And so it's like, all right, how does someone become like, a QAnon conspiracy yeah. theorist. Becoming and indoctrinated has steps to it. Yeah. You're not just, you don't just wake up and become a fool. Yeah. You have to, you have to be shown and told over and over that you're not and find a way to feel just, or even if you're not shown and told, like you have to find something that for you inside yourself can justify something. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can find a thing to justify it, then you'll run with it. Yeah. That's for sure. A real, um, you know, human instinct. Yeah. And then the other hypocrisy within is that, like, we don't even live in, like, the truest form of reality. And so there's things that we think we know that aren't true. And there's probably some things in, like, there's probably a nugget of truth within the whole sphere of, like, the QAnon conspiracy that it's everything, like— I feel like everything has some—everything is either— even lies, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it comes from the perspective of either understanding what the truth is or trying to get around where the truth might be. Mm -hmm. And the constant is truth. Yeah. It's there. It's a real thing. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, but we can reshape it in, in whatever way we want. Yeah. And some people are like have the power and capability to reshape reality in whatever way they see fit for millions of people yeah. for profit. <laughs> mainly for profit mostly for profit that's like one of the most profitable things is um selling people a dream or making them reimagine uh what their life is or what it could be mm-hmm. you know like reshaping someone's entire reality is easy to put something in their hand and then tell them that the thing in their hand will give them that thing over that there that they need more yeah so i mean i don't know like follow the money but like <laughs> the the other thing is I mean, here's just a question. Who is benefiting from telling everyone that COVID isn't real? Um, and and that's a... Who's benefiting from telling everyone COVID isn't real? I feel like... Um, I don't know who would benefit from that. I mean, like maybe Fox News from like having constant media coverage, like people are captivated by this thing that like, oh, anytime anyone mentions COVID and I don't believe in it, I'm going to be angry about it. And so anytime that someone puts it on Fox News and they're talking about about it on Fox News and they're like, hey, you know, here's more of like the Democrats trying to take away your rights because you don't have any freedom because they're trying to make sure that you don't go outside, but it's your right to go outside. So, and then like, you know, us as gullible humans, we're just like, oh, I'm angry about this. I'm going to keep watching and watching these ads. Yeah. <laughs> That's a train of thought. I think like definitely follow the money. Definitely like see why people are doing these things. So do you think like the media companies specifically profit off of, you know, helping people shape a perspective that allows them to do whatever they want without consequence or without in their mind a consequence? Well, I mean. Because I get what you're saying as far as like they're projecting a message out there and they're getting corporate ad dollars and that's continuing to have them thrive. And then it's, also helping this group of people shape their perspective. I just feel like that was always what they were doing. You know, that's like kind of like the thing I think in a pandemic model. Yeah. It makes more sense, but that just seems like that's kind of specifically Fox news. Like that seems like that's their business thing. It's just like, let's help you shape a perspective. Let's sort of build your brain a little bit. And um, because we built your brain, you'll want to buy some of these things that are in these commercials and you care about some of the things that because they they have like ads of like like historical shit or like whatever type shit yeah, that yeah. people are into on who watch yeah collectors quarters yeah, or whatever shit. yeah like that <laughs> yeah whereas we're so stupid though like we're into these this new sort of coin that uh, NFT yeah right and we're yeah. we're making fun of them but we're like <laughs> we're like doing the same thing but like it's not a thing it's like nothing <laughs> yeah exactly and so <laughs> I mean funny. it's and that's that's the other big thing to to do again is like call out the hypocrisy in that like what propaganda are we consuming and just eating right up oh yeah you know because it's comfortable to most forms of propaganda provide you a comfortable place to sit while we're like in this crazy existence Mm -hmm. so you know there's definitely a lot of propaganda that we just intake and just accept as our perspective or just like a lifestyle or whatever and you know it uh it's also to feed into corporate interests. It's also to help other people get rich and, you know, cool for them. But at a certain point, we all as individuals just must focus on what we need um, because they've made it that way. Yeah. And so, like, we're consuming the stuff that we're consuming probably because of the propaganda that we've consumed. And mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a way out or if there even needs to be a way out. Yeah, I'm not sure that there needs to be a way out necessarily because at the end of the day, it is still like humans interacting with humans. Like a bunch of people came together to produce Fox News programming and those people get paid to do that and that helps them feed their families and those people provide something that other people want. Um, And 
and they feel justified S- saying, in their reality. Yeah, saying all that makes it sound just so nice and like mm-hmm. people exchangey and that I'm on some level that is what it is but it's all all this other like subtext and uh just like specifically targeting certain types of people in order to um what is it called like progress just sort of like grow your agenda yeah furthering an agenda yes i'm looking yes those are the words for sure just like targeting certain specific types of people in order to further an agenda that's like gonna make you money and make certain people in powerful positions money and uh give them more uh power socially and um you know maybe there's something to be learned from that honestly like how how can we who have different perspectives on life who don't you know believe in the things that they believe in how can we find a way to uh create power within yeah i hear myself saying it though within a system no yeah bro. and that's that's the it impossible work. part of it yeah it doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> That's so funny, though, because it just makes you you see them doing it and you're like, oh, what if we just interjected that in there? And like, yeah, but no. Yeah, exactly. Because the end of that is still some greedy person at the top being like, oh, those people can die. Those people can live. Those people can die. But okay, so here's two thoughts. And one of them is that like no one is actually evil. That's a concept that is for sure. I said on the last yeah, yeah. thing, I was like, "Evil is." Uh, I think I said it was uh, um, uh, misogynistic because Adam and Eve, and it's just mm-hmm. like a it's a perspective thing. Like yeah. you're you are grasping onto the reality that makes you feel like you're justified in your actions and that you're doing right by yourself and your family and whatever you feel like your purpose on earth is. Yeah. And if that interferes with someone else's version of good that's unfortunate but they're the enemy now yeah and so it's it's inconvenient to our worldview to see the people that are creating all of the systemic things that make our lives worse it's convenient for us to see them as evil it is very convenient for us to see them as evil and i'm not gonna back off of my stances at all but i'm just saying like Evil is the easy way to characterize something as not serving you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, again, this sort of extreme empathy thing of being like, well, if you look at it from their point of view, it's like, well, the system told me that I'm winning if I have power and now I have it. And so I'm going to use it. And so, and anyone that gets in my way is trying to stop me from having the thing that, like, I worked so hard for that, like, all of society was telling me that, like, this is my right to have. They're the evil ones. They're trying to take this away from me. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a real, it's a real feeling. Like, when you get pumped up like that psychologically and you feel like you have, like, certain rights to shit and, like, you've and like you have actually worked hard you have put your time and effort into it you know what i'm saying but that's and again i feel like and every step in between you just don't notice your humanity slipping away yeah. from you and that's the type of stuff that makes me just like want to pull back and almost do nothing because if you allow all that stuff to just strip away your soul over time it's just like what do you have left that you, that is really worth caring about or preserving within your life. Yeah. It's what do you, difficult. What do you think Jeff Bezos feels whenever some young communist is being like, oh, fucking Jeff Bezos, instead of stopping world hunger, he's just going up into space. He's like, no, fuck you. Like, I worked my ass off. I built a company from nothing, from out of my garage or whatever the fucking, yeah, uh, to like... You know, I I did some things that I'm probably not proud of and, you know, I lost my wife and all this shit. Like I worked my ass off to get to this point and I had this dream to fucking go into space and I have all this money and I spent all my life working towards this moment. How dare you tell me like what to do with my money? That's exactly how he feels inside, no matter 
what sort of um, uh, humble, spunky delivery he gives you. I'm telling you, that guy must be just like chomping at the bit to like re- reply back to some of these people and be like, oh, I have this climate initiative and I'm feeding this many people. And then, and the, but then they're just going to reply back with like, Hey, like your employees, like can't get a bathroom break. Yeah. Like they're like doing all sorts well, of wild. He's shit. no longer the CEO of Amazon. No, yeah, so and then he's, like, and that's like, what he'll say. And they're like, yeah, it's like uh, well, that's actually outside of my control. It's like, well, motherfucker, you built this institution built on thing. this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it was when you were there, which was not long ago. So yeah. let's not pretend, but yeah. But, and then like, you can just look at just, like what that net worth is capable of doing, just like it is an unfathomable amount it's of money. It's completely unfathomable. We could fix I don't think everything. He can even fathom. We could fix everything. <laughs> There's nothing we couldn't fix with Jeff Bezos's personal wealth. Yeah, <laughs> there is nothing. I, I again, I don't think he can even fathom. No, I think he could. Like, there's, there's definitely a point. No person on you- earth needs to be hungry at all. Literally no person on earth needs to worry about ever having food. But that's the thing. It's like he, you reach a certain point to where like money just doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist at all. And they just have this shit so that certain people can go on a rocket and they can be like, this is human achievement. But it's not human achievement because most of the humans are struggling. (laughs) Yeah. But like, that's not his world. He's no, you know, living it up exactly. in his like hotel rooms and stuff. Back like, to the he's, reality he's thing. He's so insulated from like for sure. everyone else's And that's experience. not to say he doesn't have his own personal version of empathy. And that I bet he feels like he tries to do a lot. But like also I'm sure that he understands even though we talk about he doesn't really understand what he could do with that money. I'm sure he does understand though that like it's pretty just like criminal to like hold that and like look at any person who doesn't have anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy. Right. But like everything in his life has told them, has told him to yeah, reach this to point. Reach, reach that point and to hoard it and to hold it and not, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and anyone who puts that at risk, he has the power to just like push a button and just nope them out of existence. Whether it's like by literal, you know, Six degrees separated. Jeff Bezos could get you vaporized. Yeah. I want you to know that. (laughs) Or like just have like some stupid legal nonsense that's just like, oh, you said something bad about me on the internet. I'm going to sick my lawyers on to you. And for the next 10 years, you will just be stuck in this legal battle. Yeah. And, and he'll I have plenty of money to just keep your he life. He won't even have to think about ending your life because he could keep paying those lawyers forever. Yeah, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. They could just fucking <laughs> talk your head off until you have nothing, until you owe him a billion dollars. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, it, but again, from that perspective, he got himself there and he feels justified in being there. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how to open that door with someone. I don't know. But, again, it's, like, maybe the the right ingredients are there. What if, you know, for some miracle or something, I don't know if he has kids or something, but he, like, you know, goes to – well, I think he actually said something about, like, oh, like, the earth is a beautiful place. And Mm. so, like – Yeah, he was talking – he was literally talking about how we need to protect the earth, like, as he was about to get into his rocket. Right. And so it's like, well, you do actually have the resources to be able to literally protect the earth. Yeah. Let's let's do that, maybe. reshape it instead of, like, you know, hey, Elon Musk, I know you want to, like, go to Mars and, like, terraform it. But, like, there's a lot of stuff that we could do here on this planet right now. I know you're bored with Earth because you've probably flown everywhere and been everywhere. But, like – Maybe help us out <laughs> just a little bit. It would be cool. I think most people on the planet would be grateful for that. <laughs> if we could, like, you know, make sure that it makes sense to have kids. Because if it doesn't make sense to have kids, some of us are not having kids. Because <laughs> the planet is going to crumble. Yeah. And I would like to just watch it crumble and not be like, oh, I hope my grandkids aren't. Yeah. You know, I hope my, I hope they got on that rocket. <laughs> That's I don't want to I don't want to do that. So, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, if you guys got any ideas, um, 
They have ideas. No, They're yeah, that's not the thing. Gonna do them. No, yeah, I'm sure they have plenty of ideas. If you guys have a fucking heart, <laughs> <I love that. laughs> yeah. If you guys have any empathy at all, relinquish your wealth. I command you. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, is that like there is an alternate universe where that happens. Oh, there's and alternate it's still not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this, it's crumbling as we're like trying to like rebuild it and like put all the solar energy directly into the dirt and irrigate all this stuff and wind and what's it called? We got off petroleum, like all in the entire fantasy world, all that still happens. And then like, like a hydra just like comes out of the earth <laughs> crust. <laughs> And we're just like, oh well, monsters are real, right? Yeah, no, it'll <laughs> it'll just be like the last nail in the coffin that we're like, oh, we thought we did everything right. We had, it's like, it's like, oh yeah. Also, the asteroid just coming. Yep. Yeah, oh, oh wow, yeah, that's we, very yeah. big. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's no way we're coming back from this one. Yeah, uh, it's like maybe we should have spent some time, you know, investing in like some sort of way to like shield the Earth from asteroids, which is a real thing that very we could and should that be we doing. Could. And should be doing because they said UFOs are here. So if UFOs are here, that means they have a way to get to us. We don't need necessarily a way to get to them, but we don't got no shield. Yeah. No well, shield. It's not even just like aliens. It's really just the fact that like. Well, space debris and yeah, huge the, rocks and everything. The pure that's, fucking chaos that is the universe. The universe. Yeah. Anything can happen. <laughs> we don't think enough about that. We're so on some levels, we're very worried about self-preservation. And then on others, we do not care at all. That's because we're very bad at judging what is an actual risk or what is actually important. Yeah. We're all just collectively terrible at prioritizing. Well, again, I think that goes to like the nurture thing. Like you only have, you know, the circumstances you were given. And if you're taught that certain things are or aren't at risk, mm -hmm. then that's what you're going to know. And then if you're wrong about that, you're only going to find out that you're wrong about that in the moment that you are wrong. So it sucks, but. I mean, and like, we have access to just basically all information on Earth right now. Yeah. At our fingertips. Yeah. And we're not using it. No, like we're not. We're, we are all willfully being ignorant about all of the things that we could ever be interested in, all of the things that could r help reshape the Earth in yeah. whatever way possible. And we're just not. We're not. But you, we're not because... What are we doing with our time? We're either going to work or we're consuming a meme or we're eating or we're taking a shit or sleeping. And it's like, we're that's trying all our best. We're just trying our best. That's what I'm saying. That those are just all the things we're doing with our time. Like, that's not even necessarily what our mental state is. That's not necessarily how we feel physically. There's so many things that go into why, you know, um, why we're not as... Um, Efficient, I guess. Yeah, or like actualized or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like really realizing all the things that we say we want. It's because, you know, we're just trying our best to survive. <laughs> all of that to say is like the internet is a tool. It's neutral and it, it helps do terrible, awful things. And, and it helps us, you know, enjoy a little bit of what's going on. For sure. And I would like to say like... On one hand, we are, you know, just like letting that information just sit there, not doing anything with it. But it's also a completely overwhelming amount of information to really like think about. And yeah, you could and should get some new skills, but don't like think that you need to try to know everything because there there's going to be generations in the future who are like, OK, everything is here. Why not try to learn everything? I'm like. Good luck, because everything is just going to keep exponentially expanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here's here's actually a really good example of that. So, like, I was editing this podcast, and they mentioned Sargon the Great, uh, who was, like, the first ruler of Akkad. And so, like, I was like, oh, interesting. So, I, like, went to Wikipedia, and, like, two things happened. One, Wikipedia was like, will you please give us some money because we are like the arbiter of information that is accurate and we are trying our best and we would like a little bit of money for that. And I was like, mm, nah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And then it was like uh, the 
context in which this was brought up in the podcast I was editing, I was just looking for a specific thing. And so there was like this whole wealth of information that I could have learned about like, oh, the first like official ruler of like this area, which is really interesting. It's like, nah, scroll down. What's the part about Moses? Uh, (laughs) And so like one is like, oh, could you please help make this information like remain accurate and help us to just keep doing this thing? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And here's all this information that we have helped remain accurate and stuff. And I'm still like, no, 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 get me to the stuff that I'm looking for. Yeah, (laughs) because that's all everybody wants is something specifically to remedy what they're going through. And we're not always so worried about everybody else as much as, you know, this conversation has been a lot about empathy, but on another hand, it's also been a lot about selfishness and our own perspectives. And there's like um, a necessary duality um, sort of like cause and effect and trade off of all of it. Mm. <laughs> it's it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Austin, thank you so much for doing this. Thank with you me. so much for for having me. It's a pleasure to come here and pontificate. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you and your things? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Real Austin Powers. Um, also on Instagram at Digital Cowboys. Um, you can also find me. I don't know when this is going to come out, but August 12th, I'm me and Isaiah, a.k.a. DJ Zay, will be at the press again. Uh, July was really awesome. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out in July. August, we're going to be there uh, August 12th, so please come out again. We appreciate y'all uh, trying to make this more consistent thing. Um, we know that things are back on the rise, but we want to make sure people have safe ways to entertain themselves. Um, and so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And also, just fucking get vaccinated. Yeah, please, (laughs) please get vaccinated, guys. I've been vaccinated for a while now, and it bugs me that people won't just get vaccinated. Please just get vaccinated. I'm begging you. (laughs) So that we can enjoy just going out and listening to people play some dope music. Exactly. That's all we want. Come come hear us play dope music. Please stay safe. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, once again, I'm Santiago Ramones. Austin Scott. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. I have an EP, a short album, that is streaming everywhere right now. It's called Soundbites. The music you're hearing right now is from Soundbites. Listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you stream music, or buy it on Bandcamp, because a single purchase is the monetary equivalent of streaming it all day, every day, for a year. I'm also working on another album, so if you'd like to hear that at some point, you can buy my music, or you can support me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Santiago Ramones. Follow me on Instagram to stay up to date with all the stuff that I'm doing, both at bit.depth and at Santiago Ramones Music. There's also a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. Go to SantiagoRamones.com slash Discord to join. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews by saying how much you like the podcast, and tell your friends about it. I really couldn't be doing this without you, and I am so very grateful to continue doing BitDepth for this long. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. <laughs>